Biota and abiota, uh, which are biological things and non-living things. And they work together in this constant like homeostatic stabilizing system in harmony and peace and blah, blah, blah. So basically, if as humans, we are going to destroy the earth, then the earth will balance by wiping out the human race. Uh, quite morbid, but that's basically the gist of it. And um, I don't, it's, it's been disproved also should have flagged that. Uh, or not disproved, but like there's very, it's very heavily debated. But one thing that I think is really interesting is that everything we think is man-made or we call man-made and artificial, it was all created within the Earth's atmosphere. And we exist below that Earth's atmosphere, which is not space. The space between, you, for example, me and Ra Raquel right here, like this space in between us in the studio, it's not really space, it's chemically dense. And that all interacts with our body chemistry. And we think of our skin, obviously it's a protective layer, but we think of it as keeping everything out. And that's not true. It reacts to different chemicals. It reacts to different polarization. And that's why there is some, albeit limited, but some uh, scientific, physical, I would say, sort of physical, mechanical, practical evidence for different astrological... Uh, s stipulations, suppositions, whatever, um, because the uh, magnetic field of the Earth and the electron charges being electrocuted around technology, it changes your the charges in your body and those sort of things. <laughs> it's getting quite technical. Um, but basically, we interact with the world around us and it affects our emotions. And that's why weather is a really big one. It can so much affect your emotion. The weather recently has been here in Sydney uh, quite interesting, hasn't it, Raquel? Yeah, well, it's been really been cool. It's been really cool in the shadows. And then when you go out into the sun and it's just boiling. And then rainy and humid. And then, yeah, all sorts of things. Kind of playing on my emotions as well. It has, yeah. It's definitely the been whole affecting feeling, me touch. Affecting me. <laughs> of the weather. Oh. Emotions, weird stuff. <laughs> yeah but it's so important to recognize that and I think we're so fortunate living in Australia and being able to even talk about these sort of things like being conscious of our emotions or like mental health um yeah so I think even that's just a privilege in itself yeah. so we've talked about a lot of emotions today a lot of the uh chemistry behind it and different colors and tastes smells of lavender to relieve your stress uh stress in general flight or fight responses having increased adrenaline um elite athlete associations other mental associations as techniques to help you if you are struggling with anxiety or different stresses of everyday life as we all do your memory association and finally about the chemical interactions in the world being human touch is so important for that reason because it changes the sort of chemistry that flows through your hands and your heartbeat sync up with people who you cuddle with which is really cute um yeah and i think that sums up today's show 
Yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Follow us on our Instagram and our Facebook page. Chat with us anytime. We love hearing the I2 podcast. The I2 podcast. We have started to hear a little bit from from some people, um, but it would be great to hear more of your guys' perspectives on emotions. How does the weather make you feel? Uh, what sort of things, what sort of music do you like to listen to? What are your helpful stress relieving techniques? Um, yeah, let us know. And with that, this was I too. We'll see you next week. Same place, same time. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the I too show. Um, so today, Jules, what are we talking about? We are talking about emotion. We previously spoke about senses and how we sense the earth. We have feelings about what we sense around us. And so many of those feelings, there's like emotion at the crux of it. It's about chemistry. And that's not to belittle it. It's a super important part of our lives. But there are certain ways, tips and tricks to relieve stress and to try and stop anxiety and keep yourself in a good mood and having things that bless you. <laughs> and having different things, especially songs that make you feel happy. Uh, and coming off the bat of senses, talking about music, sound, everybody responds to different sound waves. And that's why, interestingly, talking about the music we were playing before, uh, how we respond to those so much depends on, again, the vibrations in our ear and how we perceive the frequencies. And that's what gives people a lot of difference in feeling. So, Raquel, you're saying angry, uh, heavy metal makes you angry. It's, um, yeah, it's just the some sounds. And I think also like the fake laughing in Friends, like that also <laughs> makes me angry. Um, so all of these things, it's like just triggers. Maybe it triggers something from the past, perhaps. It's or interesting. Like, maybe yeah, it is just like a new sound that I don't particularly like and i guess with movies and tv shows as well it's so much about color there's the movie limitless um i don't know if you've if i've shown you this movie or watched it with you um but it's really interesting because it has these very specific illusion ish effects of zooming in and then just continuing to zoom and sort of going through this time lapse of life but it just doesn't stop. And it's quite interesting and in how that makes pe- different people feel and responding to different colors and frequencies kind of comes along with that. Media, particularly like music, movies, uh, marketing, big one, all plays on those type of senses. Some of the best marketing agents have studied psychology because they work with that. I think in first year psychology, Raquel, do you remember learning about the aristocrats? No. So they had this, uh, they, when they had government ads that used the word aristocrats, they would bold the word rats within aristocrats. So then you would associate the word aristocrats with rats, which are these, you know, lowest of the low scavenging, gross creatures that rodents 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 pests exactly and that's what people then came to associate 
aristocrats with, mm. which is why when you hear that word, often it's like you get this sort of squeamish. I think associations are so important, particularly in like a bit off topic, but in marketing as well. Like oh, you associate um, for businesses, you associate like different sounds or for example like toyota the jingle it's like oh what a feeling toyota and like every single ad is like is a car Lucky going through the, the you know yeah one. um but for toyota like they're driving through the jungle and they've like got this hype music and it's like a whole family experience and i just remember that so distinctively like as a marketing aspect and like you associate all of those things and now like when you go on a trip or whatever and your car's not doing too well you sort of think oh like you may sort of think about it mm. and it's like that may may think about it that um it affects and again it affects some people more yeah, than others increases like their engagement and sort of interest the three there's three really important colors when it comes to uh impacting your brain and those are like a bright lime green a bright yellow and deep like deep Red. deep purple oh no, purple purple those three colors are so, they evoke really powerful emotions, but also very different emotions. It's quite split mm. in the global population. I mean, That's obviously random. they haven't studied everyone. I would expect these, red to be on there. Funnily enough, red is does not evoke so much of an emotion. And mm. it's also a quite a malleable color because it is associated yeah. with aggression and also passion so well this yeah. sort of harsh aggressive stop don't do it forbidden and then also this passion and love and also it um you'll see like a lot of fast food chains such as mcdonald's hungry jacks and kfc all have a very strong mm-hmm. color and that's because it can also evoke or like sort of it, it's associated with hunger yeah so it actually makes people Feel hungry. And that's also the three primary colors, red, yellow, and blue, are also the receptors that you have in your eye to like receive these colors. They sort of are the ones that play most in terms of how you, yeah, how you perceive these colors, but it makes them more malleable in sort of everyday life when you see them. Uh, But going back to purple and lime green specifically, Often those are two colors that have been tried are, or were tried to be used regarding study and getting kids and teenagers to focus because when you're a teenager, those are also two colors that you have high neural response to, which is really interesting uh, because they're not very popular colors and they're not very common, mm. but that's one of the reasons why they have such... Or, I mean, I don't know the details, but it could also contribute to one of the reasons why they have such a, uh, evoke such a strong response. And those responses are really different. So for some people, purple keeps them calm, stops them from stressing, helps them study better. And for other people, it's the lime green. And for both of those groups, the other color does the complete opposite. So for the people who are calm and study better with purple backgrounds and in purple settings, they are super agitated and stressed and mind blocked adrenaline. They like blood level adrenaline increases when they seem lime green. And the opposite is true for the people who study with lime green colors and see purple. That's so interesting because when I was searching online about like study tips and 
how to study and what colors to, like because there's a lot of tips with like oh you should like smell lavender before you go into the exam room or like or bef- when you're studying and then as you go into the exam room so it like sort of keeps you calm. um well not just keeps you calm but it 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 associates with like the content you've learned so it sort of brings back memory or like it's yeah they say because i know you're supposed to use lavender when you go to sleep because it does Mm. also i don't know if it's lavender but it's like some smell that is um a bit stronger and it sort of uh gives you like a flashback and association to the content you've learned and then also for green like i used to use a green highlighter all the time because apparently that is um sort of um gives you better memory it's strongly correlated with memory with that's memory. like green and yellow it's and that's why it's particularly interesting that they found such a split in a lot of these studies for people who like purple right because yeah m- a lot it was initially thought that most people and majority were with that green and yellow um but it's but actually, actually a like... lot more split than you realize. Mm-hmm. And you can train yourself. That's a really important sort of study tip, but just in general for different habits in life, you can train yourself by associating certain actions uh, with different emotions. And that's actions, colors, smells. It, you can coax your senses into evoking different emotions. So athletes, uh, tennis players particularly, they have this associative mechanism. So even if they lose a match, they still have the like f- drawing their fist down as like a yes, sort of achieved that having achieved something because that they've associated and been trained to associate that action with uh, good feelings and essentially endorphins, chemical endorphins and um, serotonin in your bloodstream. And so when they do the action, it gives them that little pump and release of endorphins and serotonin so it gives them that good feeling and that what helps them not sort of run into these downward spirals if they start off a game on the wrong foot right interesting did you ever have anything like that when you were elite rower um like at the end of a race like we would always like throw our fists in the water and like put our legs I don't know just yeah not, not, not really. It's not really associated. Like before, I would go in the water. Like there's not really much that you can do because it's a very technical sport, and you have to do yeah, like put the true. oars, like put the get the boat down, put the oars in. Yeah. Like there's not much yeah. space for like jumping up and down. Like you have to pretty much sit in the boat the whole time. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, there wasn't like too much that I did. Like mm. I always brought in the same thing. Like, and I would be very conscious of, I mean, this is really just technical again, like small water bottle, like just everything has to be perfect. Mm. Everything. It's interesting though, because even I feel subconscious things like that Mm. sort of routines that you have, you sort of take that as a routine that's technical, but it does become also emotionally associative, uh, whether you realize it or not. And that's a lot how habits can develop as well. I think, like, also it gave me more calmness if I had everything in order and, like, my whole life, like you said, like, my routine and everything. I had every, like, little And because if you start doing the race, if you start – when you start your rowing – when you started your rowing career and you had these things that you had to start a race with this and just by knowing that you had everything, you calmed yourself down – 
it would have become an emotional trigger for you later mm. on without even realizing it, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, even like just time. Like if I was late, like that would be really stressful. Oh yeah. Because they don't wait for you at the race. Like you have to go. <laughs> yeah. Like you have to be there. Yeah, no, I feel like stress is such a big one. Finding different ways to to manage stress is so hard. And because it does become a habit so quickly to be stressed before big events and events mm. that you care and about. And it like blocks your brain. It does. Right? It does. Well, that's a fight or flight response. You have when you have increased adrenaline, <laughs> your oh God, I think this is I think about everything physiologically. Your emotions are all When I when I was doing the HSC, I was in like flight mode the whole time. <laughs> like, just running, just running away from your problems. Yeah, just all just not running at You're all. Rowing away I was from just your sitting there like a possum in headlights. <laughs> <laughs> like the headlights was You're, the exam, like no, paper English paper one. Awesome, like with your like eyes yeah. just staring, just like, what do I do? Exactly, that was me. No, I can definitely relate. I have my mother is an absolute angel for putting yeah. up with my multiple anxiety attacks in the past, and I have I had legitimate anxiety in high school that I was like being treated for, uh, because I put so much pressure on myself. Uh, and I still stand by that grade 12 is the hardest year you ever have to go through. Um, so learning how to manage those, that stress is super important. I don't think I ever learned how to manage it during exams. One like associative thing for me, which was really unhealthy and really weird. Uh, I wouldn't eat because I don't understand that. See, I would, I'm the opposite. I would eat Most more. people stress eat. Because, and it again comes to that fight or flight response, your body needs energy and especially stress is a sustained flight or flight response. And it takes so much energy out of you as well. So your body's like, oh, I need all that glucose. I need carbohydrates to, I need sugar to keep going because this is a sustained period of stress. And I was the opposite. I would not eat because I would feel so sick all the time. I would drink so many, like that's how I'd get my nutrition, smoothies, coffee, uh, different protein shakes. Mm. That's, and it was so bad for, uh, well, Queensland did not do HSC. I did the QCS. Um, (laughs) that was, I didn't eat. I just, I had all of these smoothies and drinks that I would have juices, but that's how I would get my nutrition because I just couldn't stomach food. I took like two bites of a piece of bread and I would feel so sick. Um, and I had so many, yeah, panic attacks where I would just be in tears and I wouldn't know what to do. Oh, no. And because that's a lot of these, they try to now train because a lot more people are anxious and yeah. it is, people are a lot more aware of how anxious you can get and how these sort of stresses can play on your brain capacity. So these associative techniques, you know, are so much more important doing the, Drawing your attention to your senses, what you can sense here and now in this moment, getting yourself Mm. out of your head into the real world. That's a really big one, grounding yourself. And that's one of the major uh, sort of generalizations. Yeah, you know how you're talking about like stress and like mental health and stuff like that. Like they're saying now that mental health is increasing. Of course like inevitably through COVID and lockdown and all that. But like in general, like the past 20 years, like it's increased. Um, And I'm kind of wondering, like, is it because people are just getting more like stressed or like putting pressure on themselves, like, or just putting them in a place that creates this mental, 
I know. I, I, I definitely did in rowing. Or is it this awareness that's being created I think and more people are coming up? Like to very much twofold. And I definitely noticed, just in comparison to my sister who's four years older, yeah. the workload of what we had to do at school was so much different. And it was also the fact I changed school, so I was at a higher-performing school. But still... The average workload that we had compared to my sister and her friends in her year um, were was is so much more because I think that's I the twofold part that I'm gonna quickly mention now is I associate it with technology because technology uh. gives us this access to all these resources. So the education system sort of assumes that you have access to all these resources, therefore you don't need to learn rote, rote learn so much in school, so we'll just ask more of you because you have access to more. And that's sort of the association that we know more, therefore we need to, we, we have this access to know more, so we need to learn all of it and blah, blah, blah. And there's so much that sort of saying that, oh, I can Google it later, so I won't learn it now. But you never end up Googling it later, and then that creates that sort of disparity that whilst you can, and there's this almost expectation to use this technology to do more, you just don't get around to it. And that's what creates a lot of the stress. Um, but the second part of this twofold issue with mental health is that the pace of life has also increased so much. Um, and because we are, I think we are also more aware, I believe that it's pe generations, previous generations, they grew up not really knowing much about mental health. So, um, in knowing about something, you're also more susceptible to, uh, falling into it. Like when you do those Google doctor diagnosis, if you know about the symptoms, you're like, yes, 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 I have this. So then you can also identify it. Co yeah. yeah, coax yourself yeah. into believing that you have all of these different affiliate um, afflictions. And I feel like mental health sort of subconsciously mm. in increasing awareness, it's also increased the abundance just Definitely. because of that subconscious, you know, these are the symptoms, I have those symptoms, therefore I have X, Y, Z, mental health issues. Um, I think COVID is a whole different story. It has been a complete change of situation that has placed a lot of stress, uh, financial stress, emotional stress, claustrophobic stress, um, and sort of social isolation, depression on people. Definitely. Um but even like thinking about the last 20 years and before all of COVID, it was a lot of that increase. And I think that that's like the technology increase of pace and increase of expectation, that twofold kind mm. of issue um, sort of contributes to that. That's my kind of two cents on the topic. No, definitely. I think a lot of, yeah, it's about having that awareness and identifying it. And it would be interesting to see like in the past how they dealt with like so many of these things now that we like for example like Jules was saying last night that we were speaking about pregnancy and birth like the whole like epidural like we didn't have that or like cesareans like all these different technical things or like even just identifying mental health like how do they deal with all those things or like didn't they you know, did they just not deal countries with it? have the lowest rates of mental health because they have so many other issues to worry about. Mental health is like a subliminal thing. It's not right. something that people are super aware of. And therefore, 
it's not recorded for one, but it's also oh not goodness. like present in their society because they just learn to. They, they I guess have other we don't know if it out. is or not, do we? I mean, yeah, ultimately you don't, but it's interesting statistics wise. Also, again, bringing it back to physiology, <laughs> um, the looking at the chemical composition. And they did a few studies on this. It's not a very broad topic because of the fact that it kind of undermines Western mental health awareness uh, Mm. as being super important. It sort of undermines it. But um, in terms of one, this cultural association with different things create stress or happiness or love or blah, blah, blah. And you can see that in the different hormone levels and the balance in your blood, in your blood concentration. And comparing that to different countries, but particularly third world countries and presenting things like money and shelter and the sort of technologies and, as you're saying, the sort of medical advances and that access to healthcare and those sort of important things. Um, the emotional and chemical concentration response to different stimuli in those categories was really different. So that's an interesting sort of idea as to whether mental health issues in third world countries. But one thing I want to sort of say, I have this idea, it's um, going off of the guy hypothesis, and I'm not going to get too technical into this, the guy hypothesis is basically that there are two two, uh, systems in the world, but